Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. What did he do with Hurts, eating, first down, and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Eagles Unfiltered. I'm your host, Connor Miles. With me, as always, is my co-host, Ed Kras. We are back and we are live. Eagles Unfiltered is here to stay. Again, we are sponsored by betonline.ag, the best sports betting website around. We're hosted by the Bleed Podcast Network, and we thank them again for bringing us back for another season to discuss Eagles football. So let's just get it off started. I know everybody wants to be like, wow, they're back. They're back. Let's let's discuss that. But we got some... We want to make it, you know, these episodes going forward 30 minutes. We don't want to keep going crazy on these episodes or making them longer than they need to be. I think 30 minutes is good enough for you guys. Because I like listening to podcasts. I like listening to them for 30 minutes long. And I'm sure the average viewer, just like me too, feels the same way. So we want to get right into rolling into this and talking about Eagles football. Because I know we have a lot to catch up about on about. And Ed's been at the whole entire training camp, seeing everything up close personally. So I want to get his thoughts and opinions on that, and then we'll discuss more later into the week when Eagles finalize the cuts and discuss more about the team in in, in the full depth. But today we're going to talk about the linebacker position as well. Uh, I think everybody wants to understand what's going on with the linebacker position, especially Miles Jack announcing that he's retiring, where when they initially signed Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham, you thought, okay, this is the Eagles' way of saying, hey, we're not set at linebacker. Nagobi Dean's been banged up. Uh, similar situation to the defensive tackle position last year when Jordan Davis gets banged up and you bring in two guys like Dominic Sue and Linval Joseph. It's not going to be that way, it looks like, because Miles Jack did retire. So I want to get Ed's thoughts on linebacker position and what he thinks about Zach Cunningham. Because I thought, you know, looking back on the tape and looking back on the history of the player Zach Cunningham is, he's had good spurts with the Texans and he's had good spurts with the Titans. It's finding that long-term consistency in his play, kind of like Nigel Bradham. Nigel Bradham kind of faltered off with Buffalo Sort of did the same in Philly when, you know, the Eagles asked him to play a whole different position. So it's kind of in the similar realm where you get a guy that can bring you some stellar play, but it's not for a long period of time, which is what the Eagles aren't asking for anyways. They're really asking for a one-year bargain. So, Ed, after seeing Zach Cunningham up close and getting the feel of those linebackers, getting a feel of Miles Jack and seeing him retire, and, you know, we've seen Nicobe Dean. We've seen Christian Ellis, who I like a lot. I think he's actually the next T.J. Edwards for this Philadelphia Eagles team. I don't know if we're where you're at with that. Uh, but... Uh, Morrow as well. You can't forget about Nicholas Morrow either. So what do you feel about this linebacker position? Because I think a lot of people are uneasy about it. Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, you know, the Eagles felt like they needed to uh, bring some guys in. So they brought in Jack and Cunningham. And um, that was when the Kobe Dean got hurt. And, and that's one of the concerns about the Kobe Dean is can he make it through 17 games? I mean, already we saw week two in camp, he hurts his ankle and, and misses some practice time. You know, he's 5'11", great instincts, great player in college. But, you know, the NFL is a long season, 17 games. I mean, that extra game makes a difference. I mean, we see teams canceling joint practices because guys are injured. I mean, they haven't even gotten to the 17-game season yet. So, you know, N'Kobe Dean, the concern is can he stay available for 17 games? I mean, we'll see. 
Um, because after that, I mean, you mentioned Christian Ellis, uh, you know, he, he certainly has had a good camp. I, I think you mentioned him, you know, looking like maybe TJ Edwards or at least filling that role. I mean, it took TJ Edwards a while to grow into that role. I mean, he was, he was here in 2019 and it took him a couple of years before he kind of hit the ground and was able to do the things he was able to do. So, you know, Ellis to me is a work in progress. I mean, I, I think he's a good player, steady player. Um, you know, he's, Preseason games, I think he's kind of been up and down a little bit, as you would expect, because he's not going to figure this out overnight. I mean, he was an undrafted free agent out of Idaho. Uh, so, you know, his best days were probably ahead of him. Um, and then Nick Morrow was kind of underwhelming in camp. He's played pretty decent in the preseason, which is a good sign. Um, but, 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 you know, after that, you know, you need a guy like Zach Cunningham. Jack, like you said, retired. Zach Cunningham is a guy that, you know, he looks like he has something left. Miles Jack did not. And to be honest, I didn't think Jack's heart was into it. You know, you watch him in practice, you watch him in the preseason. It just didn't look like his heart was into it. You know, the passion for the game was gone. Uh, Cunningham seems to be playing well. He had a couple good practices against the Browns. I think he's going to be the starter uh, opposite N'Kobe Dean once the, you know, the lid goes up in New England on September 10th. Um, And we'll see how he does. I mean, because after that, it does get, you know, pretty thin. I mean, Morrow's got some experience. Ellis doesn't. They lost Sean Bradley, who, you know, not a big defensive snaps guy, but he may have gotten some snaps with the rotation at linebacker. Um, you know, I, I think they could use more at linebacker. I know they undervalue it. Um, you know, they don't put a lot of resources in it. Last year was, an, uh, you know, an anomaly because you had T.J. Edwards here. You signed Kaiser White, who was terrific. You drafted N'Kobe Dean because he fell in your lap in the third round. Um so I don't think they'll make a move. I think they should try to look and see what's out there. I think they'll be coming the waiver wire once these cuts start trickling in this weekend. They're going to start. They're going to look for help. Um, but right now, Cunningham's been a pretty good addition. Uh, we'll see how he does. I mean, you know, he made seven tackles against the Browns. He played a ton of snaps. Um, you know, but he had the elbow injury last year. He didn't play the second half of the season because of the injury. Uh, so he's still kind of getting his feeling his way around. Um, you know, I mean, it's a linebacker is a concern to me. It really is. I mean, I know they have this the depth up front, but when you talk about the run defense, which was tied for 16th last year, you need your linebackers to step in and make plays. And, uh, you know, you hope that, um, you know, Dean and, and Cunningham and whoever else, Morrow or Ellis can get it done. Is it crazy for me to think that Kaiser White can't replicate what I mean, excuse me, that Zach Cunningham can't replicate what Kaiser White did as well, though? I mean, I know the Eagles kind of took a flyer on him. Again, they signed him earlier than they signed Zach Cunningham. But I mean, I think it speaks volumes to the player that Zach Cunningham has shown to be for the Eagles defense and making the impression that he's made on Sean Dossi already when yeah. you consider the fact that he's only been here for a couple of weeks and he's already running with the ones and comfortably so, too, because these pass breakups that he's been having that lead to interceptions, those are going to matter in the game and they're going to be there too. I mean, his career has shown it. Uh, I think the most thing that he's going to frustrate Eagles fans, and I'm going to be honest with you, frustrated me about Kaiser White is the missed tackles. I, but the playmaking ability is there. He can intercept the ball. He can do pass breakups just like Kaiser White did. So, I mean. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I talked to Cunningham after the game in the locker room against the uh, Browns. And I asked him, I said, his pass you know, uh, pass coverage with backs and tight ends. Is that kind of one of your strengths? And he said, no, to be honest, it isn't. He's never really done well in coverage, you know, but he seems to be doing well right now. I mean, he's six foot three. You would think, 
you know, yeah, he would do better in pass coverage. And even Sirianni said, you know, when I played against him when he was in Indianapolis, when they played the Texans twice a year, he's like, we had to throw around that guy. You know, he's in the way because he's so tall. But Cunningham doesn't seem to think it's a strength. He thinks tackling is his biggest strength. So yeah, he could replicate White's numbers, you know, be the Kaiser White player this year, I guess. Um, I think he has a little bit of a different skill set and, uh, you know, he's going to be his own player. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I hope that he's the guy, I mean, you know, I, I'm still in a wait and see mode on Zach Cunningham. Uh, and I think it speaks volumes to how they felt about the linebacker position when they had to bring two guys in on August 6th and Jack and Cunningham, I mean, it just wasn't good enough. And you could see some of that in camp with Morrow, like I said, being underwhelming, um, Dean hurt week two in camp, couldn't stay healthy already with an ankle. So I think they saw some of those things and they're like, we better make some moves here. And you wonder if they might still be thinking that uh, maybe not necessarily like a trade, but like I said, it, it, once they start coming the wire, when these cuts get made this weekend. And I, yeah, I think that's a given that's going to happen too, especially because I don't, I don't think Morrow's a lot to make the team whatsoever. Even though the preseason, he, like, like you mentioned, the preseason he has looked pretty stellar too. But I think it really matters what they see in camp because what you're really basing off of for evaluations is what you see up front and up close. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm with you on that. I, I, they're definitely unsettled at the linebacker position, but I, I could see a scenario with Dean and Cunningham being starters. And look, I mean. The Eagles have gone down this Nicobe Dean path before with Jordan Hicks. You know, Jordan Hicks was a guy that everybody thought was the first round talent as well. And he fell to the third round in his respected draft as well. And a lot of it had to do with his injury history. And I, I know the knock on Nicobe Dean was his size, but he's, I mean, if you ask me in the spare time that he's been on the field, he's already proven that to be not mattersome at all. Uh, his, his recognition for the football, his IQ is, it's completely there. Um, that fumble. Knockout that he had against the Browns was beautiful. I thought that was beautiful play recognition on yeah, his part. Yeah, it was great to see. It was encouraging to see because, to be honest, he's not he doesn't, he's not a standout practice player. Like, you know, I'm there and you make these observations, and never do I write down Dean doing something. Um, so he's not a standout practice player, in my opinion. But it was nice to see him make that. That was a big play in that game. I know it's only the preseason, but it was nice to see him make a, a positive play like that. Um, and, and even that said, I did notice, I think it was in Saturday's practice where he did a really nice job covering Kenneth Gainwell off a wheel route. He stayed with Gainwell the whole way down. And that's where Hertz was looking to throw the ball was deep to Gainwell. But Nicobe Dean was with him step for step and he couldn't throw it. So he, he threw it somewhere else. So that was an encouraging thing to see as well. I, I think there's no questioning the talent that Nicobe Dean has and the passion for the game. Uh, I just hope it translates and translates into 17 games and he's able to stay healthy. I agree with you. I think that Kobe Dean could be a player, but speaking to that Sean Bradley injury, uh, Zach McPherson as well, I think people really underrate what players contribute to on special teams, especially when you consider the unit being weak as it is. Uh, Zach and, and um, Sean Bradley are huge loss, huge losses for that special team unit. And especially for McPherson, you would think, I would think, had the edge to be the backup nickel this year. Too, oh, absolutely. And, and look at Devontae Maddox's injury history last year. He only played, I think it was nine games. So he missed like right. half the year. Um, so, yeah, that that's huge. And he, I thought he was playing well. I mean, they were using him on punt return. And, and on top of that, he's like one of the nicest kids you'll, you'll ever meet. You know, he's just a really nice guy. And, uh, you know, it's it, but it's a big loss on the field, too. I mean, in my opinion, because you don't know if Maddox is going to stay healthy. And now who's your backup slot? They're they're working James Bradbury now in the slot. 
to give him some reps, you know, and I guess he can do it. He's a veteran, you know, he should be able to do it, but it, it's a concern. You don't know who Josiah Scott. I mean, he he's kind of, you know, he's, he's average. Um, so you hope Maddox can stay healthy and it doesn't become this big issue as the season goes on. I think the reason why that they're vocalizing or at least putting the emphasis also on putting James Bradbury in the slot is not just because the fact that, you know, the guys that they're, are fighting to make the team or outside corners really Job and uh, Rick's look like outside guys to me, in my opinion. But when you see this in this division specifically, CD lamb thrives in the slot. The Eagles have to find a way to limit CD lamb. I I think your best option is James Bradbury in there. If you, if you're comfortable, I mean, clearly they feel comfortable with putting him in the slot, they're practicing it. So I, I also think that's a mix of, Look, the guys that are looking to make the team are really outside guys, and we're going to have to – Mario Goodrich is probably going to be the guy that makes our backup nickel spot, I imagine. Who knows? We'll see. But that's that's where my pick would be. But in a game-time decision, if Monte goes down, do we really want to go that way, or would we rather slide James over and then put Ricks or Job out there, which I would assume Job would be the guy um, in that situation. But I also think at the same time, they got to find a way to stop CeeDee Lamb. And they got to find a way to stop these good slot wide receivers because again, New York stacked up on slot wide receivers as well. That team is that wide receiver corpse is covered in slot receivers. Washington has a good trio themselves. Uh, this league is a it's coming in. The league really has very productive slot wide receivers in it, especially in the NFC. When you look in Seattle, you look at San Francisco, what they do. Uh, so I think that's a a long term thing they're trying to sprinkle in just in case they want to show some looks against you know CD Lamb or the likes of the other guys I mentioned. Uh, but also at the same time, yeah, a lot of these guys that look like they're going to make the team are outside guys. I don't know if I would want to force them into a position they're not comfortable in, right? And especially when they're so young. Yeah. Something to keep an eye on, too, is they've been using a lot of big nickel stuff in practice with Terrell Edmonds sliding down into the slot closer to the line, almost like a linebacker. But, you know, he could play in the slot, too. And then they bring in Kayvon and Reed Blankenship. Blankenship's your starter. Uh, bar Absolutely. Um, so, you know, they'll probably put Wallace or even Sidney Brown in when they bring Terrell Edmonds down closer to the line in the slot linebacker spot. So that's another option that they have. And that's something that they have been practicing is, you know, bringing Kayvon down. I'm not Kayvon, uh, Terrell Edmonds down uh, in, into the slot or at linebacker. So that's another option that Sean Desai has uh, possibly at his disposal. But here, here's the thing, Connor, you mentioned all, all these possibilities at corner. You know, here we are. The last day of training camp is Tuesday when the Colts come in for a, a joint practice. Okay, one joint practice with the Colts before they play the final preseason game. And they're still, you know, they're still looking at things. They're still they don't know who is going to start next to Reed Blankenship at safety. Justin Evans has come on strong all of a sudden. So now he's in the mix. You have Kayvon, you have Sydney. I mean, you would think at this stage of training camp coming into the last day, you'd have a better handle on what your defense is going to look like so you can practice it, so you can work on the technique and the fundamentals and the communication. But but they don't have that down yet. And and that, to me, you know, I, I could see kind of a slow start. And then I know their schedule gets tougher. But, you know, when, you, when you're still trying to figure it out with August, you know, coming to an end in another week and training camp ending to on Tuesday, I mean, to me, that's, that, that's not ideal. Um, you know, they're still trying to figure things out, safety, corner, linebacker, um, you know, and that to me, when you have to replace five starters from last year, you have a new DC, it, it's concerning. Very good points. I think that's very valid. Uh, I really think I don't know how you don't play Sidney Brown's week one. I'm gonna be honest with you. 
the plays are there. The playmaking ability is there. Go with the growing pains. You're going to have growing pains no matter what. Reed's this uh, undrafted free agent second year. Not even, well, I mean, I know he started games last year, but really first year starter. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to have growing pains in secondary no matter, no matter what. You might as well have those growing pains when you have guys on the outside like James Bradbury and Darius Slay. So I think go ahead and let the young guys go free. And this is a good problem to have because you usually got to play three safeties. I was actually going to ask you what you thought about Terrell Edmonds. I didn't know if he's going to be a Jaquasi Tart type thing, or do you really think he's going to be a contributor for this team? I, I think he'll make the team. Yeah, I think he'll be a contributor. I think he's he's a good player. Um, and and I think, like I mentioned earlier, he gives you the flexibility to come down closer to the line because he's a pretty physical guy. Um, but you know, talking about Sidney Brown, I mean, I I've talked to a lot of colleagues. You know, we're standing on the sideline watching these practices and. A lot of time to talk and some some think that, you know, hey, let's get the startup costs with Sidney Brown out of the way early when the schedule isn't yeah. strenuous. So why not live with the mistakes he's going to make? And, and and he does make some mistakes. He plays at a, at a very fast level. He's very aggressive. You know, he, to me, he needs to play more within himself and, and kind of slow down a little bit. But you don't want to take the aggression away. By playing so fast, sometimes he'll miss tackles. He'll take a bad angle. I've seen him take bad angles in pursuit in practice um, to try to make a tackle. He's not, you know, he he's just takes a bad angle, thinks he can get to a guy before, you know, and the guy's so fast he gets by him and he's, you know, he's by Sidney Brown. So, I, you know, I, I'm of the opinion of, you know, let him earn his spot. You know, if he's ready, he's ready, whether it's against the Chiefs in week 11 or whatever it is, or it's, or it's, you know, the, the, Tampa Bay Bucks in week three or the New England Patriots in week one, what, whatever it is, you know, you play him when he's ready, um, you know, and because I, I, I worry about mistakes in tackling with him. Um, and I haven't seen him really get targeted much in the past game from teams. So that's another issue is, you know, how is he going to hold up in coverage? His biggest knockout coming out of college is his over pursuit, which yeah. you're, you're and pretty it's much still, there. Yeah. yeah, and and it's probably even more noticeable because the NFL's faster than college. So, you know, you see it more because guys are faster, and he's taking these bad angles because he thinks he has the speed to get to that spot before the ball carrier does or when the ball carrier does. But the ball carrier is so fast when Sydney gets to that spot, the ball carrier is already past it. So um, that that leads to some some issues. And you know, he doesn't always wrap up. I mean, you know, he'll hit you, and, and you know, you hope that whoever he hits has doesn't have the balance to stay up because sometimes he doesn't always wrap up in his tackling. He plays like Bob Sanders played the safety position. Now you, that'd be a great, great thing if he becomes Bob Sanders, but yeah, uh, he does play that way. His style of football. I like it a lot. I do. Yeah. I, 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 I do much. I, I tend to agree with you live with the growing pains, but I'll tell you right now, Ed, and I feel like you're in the same opinion of this. Kayvon Wallace, the strides he's make, you, you have to acknowledge them as well too. He looks like he's finally able to put it together. And again, it takes players some time. Yeah, it's okay to be patient with football yes. players. Uh, it's, a, yeah. it's a lost art, but he looks like you know in this defensive system, maybe this is just a defense that finally taps into what he does best. Who knows? But I mean, uh, I like that. I like what you said about Turtle Edmonds because I felt like with Sean's decides uh, defense, you needed the hybrid player, the safety linebacker hybrid. And I feel like they do have a good one in Terrell Edmonds. He played that position phenomenally well in Terrell Austin's defense in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I really like what. Uh, the Kayvon Wallace showed, and I'm not going to lie, I read your story on Justin Evans, and I thought, you know, there was a time and a place where Justin Evans was a second-round pick and everybody thought the world of him, and it just didn't work out in Tampa Bay because of injuries. But if injuries are what the problem was and the talent was, then maybe the Eagles do have something there. So this is actually a good problem to have, finally. 
to have this many options at safety because I think all the guys we're talking about have great chances to make the team. They might carry five. Well, I mean, it's something I've talked about with some others. Yeah, five could be the number if you go maybe five cornerbacks because, you know, you have your starting three and then who are you going to keep? You're going to keep Job, And, you know, who, who after that? You know, I mean, it's such a thin group now because McPherson's hurt. Greedy Williams didn't pan out whatsoever. Um, you know, and Keely Ringo, that's the other guy you would keep if you keep five. To me, he is a guy that needs a redshirt year. I mean, he's a young kid. Uh, just turned 21, um, you know, great college career, obviously, at Georgia. But, boy, he he makes some mistakes that are so evident. We saw him in the preseason against the Browns. He, he just stood there watching the ball while the receiver got past him, and the, it was a completed pass for 27 yards. I don't know what Ringo was looking at there. But, you know, listen, I'm not going to, you know, rip the kid because he's still feeling his way. And the cornerback is one of the toughest positions to come into this league and play. Um, he's got an advantage because he has Slay and Bradbury teaching him. That's that's an awesome, uh, you know, couple of teachers to have. But to me, you know, he he's kind of to me belongs on the practice squad. They're not going to put him there because they would wouldn't get him there. So he's going to be on the fifty three. But he'll be probably inactive on game day unless they keep five and they need him up, or if his special teams play, you know, takes a step up. Um, but to me, he's a guy that really needs to be developed. Um, over the course of who knows how long, but because it's pretty glaring that he's a work in progress. So, you know, if you keep five cornerbacks, they're your five with your three starters, Job and, and, uh, and Ringo, and then you keep five safeties and that's 10 defensive backs. That's probably more than enough. I would go heavy on the defensive line and the edge rushers because that's where your talent base is. So you might keep 11 or 12 up front, um, you know, uh, and then you would go light at linebacker. So, to me, uh, you know, Ricks is a guy. Maybe you can get him to the practice squad. I don't think he played particularly well against the Browns. He had to pick six against the Ravens. Um, he's up and down in practice. Um, and then who's the other one? I like Makai Garner a lot. You know, he's made some nice, you know, plays. But, again, you maybe try to get him to the practice squad. Mario Goodrich has done some nice things. But is he somebody you'd want to keep on the roster or feel like you get to the practice squad? So, Again, you know, they're going to make these moves to get the 53 players, but there's going to be more moves after that once they see who's going to shake free uh, on the on, once cuts from around the league start trickling in. So your gut feeling's pretty much telling you that the offense has to carry the defense these first couple of weeks, which is what mine's been telling me ever since they had to hire a new defensive coordinator that yeah. the offense is going to have to carry the defense for the first couple of weeks of the season. And five new starters, I mean, it's going to be it's going to take time. For this all to gel together on defense, especially with the new play caller. So do you think the offense is up to standard so far from what you're seeing in training camp? Because again, yeah, they have a new I play do. caller as well, Brian Johnson. I do. I think the offense is going to be ex explosive like it was last year. I think Jalen Hurts has looked, you know, terrific in practice. Uh, I, you know, you watch these preseason games and you watch Marcus Mariota and you kind of forget, oh yeah, they have Jalen Hurts too. And that's why this offense isn't doing well. And oh, that offensive line. Yeah, that's pretty good too. So AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, uh, you know, I like the running backs. That'll be some tough cuts there. Who are you going to keep? Um, but yeah, I think the offense is going to be pretty explosive and they're going to need to be because, you know, this defense is going to take some time to, to gel, uh, to get to know who your best players are, who the best matchups are when you play a team. Um, so you could be looking at, you know, 28, 22 type games. Uh, but I think the offense, yeah, the offense will be, will be just fine.
this rushing attack is going to be something that uh, I think he's going to be one of the best rushing attacks the Eagles ever had. That's I'm, saying something. I mean, they've <laughs> they've had a great. Two oh, years I know it is. Ball. Yeah, it, it's saying something for sure. But I mean, yeah. if this offensive line can, I mean, again, uh, Rashad Penny's injury history, Andre says injury history have nothing to do with their respective teams' offensive lines. I know the Seahawks had a really horrible one, majority of uh, Rashad Penny's tenure besides last year. I know that the Lions aren't known for it either, but these guys got banged up from that's they get banged up. They're running backs. Running backs get banged up. Yeah. But if they could just find a consistent flow of at least playing 14 games for this Philadelphia Eagles team with what Swift can do out of the backfield as a receiver is something the Eagles haven't had in years. That's gonna hold that's a whole new dynamic to an offense that was already way over dynamic as, as is. Rashad mm-hmm. Penny is one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the NFL after contact. And I'm not joking. You can look up the numbers yourself, but he's one of the top in the league. Uh, What is he going to do in Philadelphia? He's going to get nothing but room to get yards after contact. And then I think Kenny Gainwell is ready to take that lead. I really do. I mean, the guy's been training nonstop. Everybody doubts these size running backs. When you see Tony Pollard going off, you've seen Darren Sproles create a career for himself. You've seen Austin Eckler become a long-term starting running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. Size does not matter at all. Kenny Gainwell could become a guy for the Eagles as well. And I mean, we saw it this postseason. He turned on a, a notch of his level that we did not, we're not accustomed to as fans of this team. So uh, I really, I think this running back room has, and again, you have Boston Scott there who's going to destroy the Giants when they play twice a year. So you really have a bunch of guys. I know you're going to have a tough decision with Trey Sermon as well because he, yeah. he, he has been a bright spot, but uh, I just think they have the four guys as is. I, I I don't believe that the hype that you know they might cut Rashad Penny in favor of Trey Sermon. I don't, I'm not buying that whatsoever. Remember, Penny was a first round pick for a reason. The only reason why he was available as a free agent is just because he cannot stay healthy, and the Seahawks opted for other running backs because of that. Uh, the Eagles jumped on him right away. They know his talent. They got a bargain for it. Who are you going to cut there? Who, who are you going to uh... Trey Sermon? I am I am cutting Trey Sermon. I'm sorry. I'm keeping yeah, the four. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be the odd man out as well. Um, and I, never, have, I, I honestly have never seen it with him, though, either. Though. Yeah, I, I mean, look, the 49ers gave up on him. Shanahan usually knows what he's doing. He, he operates a run-based offense. And, you know, so I think he'll be the odd man out. You know, the Colts are here this week. Shane Steichen knows him. It's an obvious move for the Colts to pick him up once he gets cut. You're not going to trade anything. You're not going to get anything for him in a trade, I wouldn't think. But, right. yeah, certainly to me is going to probably be the odd man out. and. I don't know. Scott will probably be inactive on game days until they play the Giants, like you said. It's but, funny that you just mentioned that because the yeah. Colts actually just announced. I mean, it was just announced like while we started recording that they gave Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. So yeah, they will be in the yeah. running back market if that uh, articulates itself. Yeah, I did get. I did see that text. Someone texted me that. Um, and he's here in Philly now. Everybody's gonna oh go get go get Jonathan. And they'll Taylor. never have hometown kid. They don't you know, need to. Up a half hour from Philly. Yeah, they don't need him. Uh, you know, I mean, it would be great to have him, but. Yeah, you know. of course, but I mean they don't need him though. That's fine. Right. And the Eagles don't value the running back. I mean, they you know, they have DeAndre Swift on his last year. Penny only signed the one year deal. Gainwell's here. I think Gainwell is here for another two, two more years. years. Yeah, two more. Um, you know, Sermon's under control if you kept him. Boston Scott's going one year to one year. So um they're not gonna commit a whole lot of money to to Jonathan Taylor, especially with AJ Brown's contract kicking up a notch next year. Jalen uh, Hurts is in two years. Or next year, I guess it would be. So yeah, you got you got some high money guys. You know, Hassan Reddick probably would like a new deal. Yeah, uh, that's going to be another. Conundrum. So yeah, you're not going to fork out all this money to a running back 
you know, even though Jonathan Taylor is one of the best, it just doesn't make financial sense for the Eagles to do that. No, not at all. And I mean, that's just not something that they would do. I think actually DeAndre Swift has the best chance of getting a second contract with the Eagles more most than anybody they've had, even Miles Sanders included, because he clearly did not because of the dynamic ability that he offers them receiving. I really think that's an that's an inkling of this offense that they've been missing for years. That if they could just sprinkle it in there, okay, mm-hmm. good luck. I don't know who you stop. Yeah, well, like I said, they've been working them on wheel routes. You know, they've been. You know, it's interesting because Brian Johnson said that he likes to have his re- uh, running back stand with the receivers a lot of times when the receivers are doing their uh, meetings and whatever uh, on field drills because he wants the running backs to learn and to pick the receivers' brains on how to run routes how to get open, how to create separation. I mean, that they're going to use these guys uh, in the pass game. You know, they're going to put them, uh, you know, out in space and try to get them the football more often than they did last year with Miles and Kenny and Boston Scott. So, uh, you know, that's what I would expect this offense to do more of is get these runners in space a little bit more, try to anyway. I've been seeing this. It's about 21 personnel. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. See how that goes. And then uh, what about... I think the most famous question, I think that we'll end it on this. How are you feeling about Quez Watkins stepping up this year? Are you confident in that? Well, he's been hurt the last couple of practices. I mean, he hasn't been out there. Um, You know, he showed some good stuff early in camp. uh, And and we'll see. I mean, he's got this hamstring issue that's kind of nagged at him. Uh, But, yeah, he looks like, you know, early in camp, he looked like he was ready to put last year behind him and treat this as a new year. This is a contract year for him. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of buying that he's going to be the third guy. I mean, is, uh, Olamide or uh, we call, I call him Oz. Olamide. That's what I'm going to call him too. Yes. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Oz, I call him the great and powerful Oz when I <laughs> see him, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I we'll see how he does. I mean, he's a guy that has had some drops in practice, but he's a, he's a pretty fast guy. He's a pretty shifty guy to, to track down, but, um, you know, he's been a little inconsistent too, but him and Quez are going to probably get. Well, I I, w- I think Quez will get more snaps, but I think Oz will have more snaps than Pascal did last year. I agree with you on that. I agree with that because I think Pascal is more of a blocker, and then I mean Oz is actually yeah. more shifty, like elusive guy that you can get yeah. open in space, especially with these receivers. And you know, you mentioned the blocker. Like, who's filling that role? Who's filling the Pascal blocking role in the run game? Like, I thought that you know Calcaterra has looked a little better and and blocking you know i've seen him do some pretty nice kick out blocks in practice um you wonder if why wouldn't you make him a receiver and use him maybe as your blocking receiver but you know that's just me thinking outside the box i don't think that'll happen but you wonder who's going to fill that blocking role uh quez isn't going to block i don't think oz is built to block he's not a real big guy um so that's something else to to factor in is who's going to run that uh that be that blocking receiver uh in in the run game I was surprised Pascal didn't return. That's you. That's Sirianni's guy. That was a, that was an interesting uh, development yeah. that they went to Arizona with Jonathan Gannon. But probably more opportunity. Probably yeah, more opportunity. That's true. To catch, the, catch the football. Absolutely true. That's definitely what's going to happen there too. As well, we'll be interested to see it. I think a tight end, uh, the backup tight end position is also up for debate too, as well. Because between Stoll and Calcaterra, uh, I can, I still think you're you're right in a sense. You don't have to change his positions per se, but you can line him up as a receiver and send him up as yeah. a blocker if he does. Because again, he. He's made some plays catching the football, Calcaterra, yeah. that is. So yeah. if you can put him out there as a potential, like, hey, I got to bail out and go to my fifth option and I can, you know, rest assured I've I've had chemistry with him at Oklahoma. He's going to make, he's going to catch the ball that I throw to him uh, or he blocks very well. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think you're far off with that. I think that's actually a good analyst there. But I also don't know if the Eagles are already set at the bottom of that chart of wide receiver still. Yeah. It, you know, I've talked to somebody that thinks they're only going to keep two two tight ends, Stoll and Goddard, and maybe keep, you know, an extra receiver or an extra lineman um, or an extra cornerback. I mean, there's all sorts of ways you can go. But the thinking there is you can get Calcaterra to the practice squad maybe. You can get maybe Dan Arnold to the practice squad. You know, that gives you elevations during the week. You can elevate them. They each get two elevations before mm-hmm. having to be added to the 53. So, you know, you could take a couple of weeks where you're going to promote a tight end. Tyree Jackson, I think, is having a pretty good camp. Uh, you know, we've said that about Tyree before, and then he gets injured. Um, yeah. He's another guy that you hope you can get him to the practice squad. And then that gives you flexibility, you know, try to elevate, the you know, one guy a week to be the third tight end if you need it. Well, we'll discuss that later in this week when we discuss the recap, the preseason cuts that the Eagles make for when they cut down the roster to 53 players. We'll be back at the end of this week to discuss that. Again, thank you guys again for tuning in. We are back. Eagles Unfiltered is back here to stay. Thank you, Bleed Podcast Number, for bringing us back. We're excited to discuss Eagles football with you all. Again, we're going to try to make episodes 30 minutes long or a little bit longer than 30 minutes, but nothing over. Uh, 40 because we want to keep it short and sweet for you guys to keep coming back and you know that's the perfect listening line too as well so thank you guys again for tuning in we are back we're ready to roll eagles football is here we'll discuss more later in the week thank you guys for tuning in thank you thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.